Hey guys, and welcome back to the Ancient Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy. We're back again, episode two, um, with my really good friend, Colin. We're going to be talking about art, mental health, relationships, fam, everything you can think of right now. We're going to just talk it out. And yeah, hey, Colin. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. It's good to be here. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming through for me. Anytime, anytime. How you been? You know, um... I've been managing really, like I've been, I've just been I feel like I've just been coasting a bit through Yeah. Through life a bit. Sailing you? through. Sailing through, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm good man. Just um sailing through. Every it's like being in the Truman show. It's like on repeat every day. Definitely. Like yeah. Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes, yes we were. Online. Online. Started, yeah. Started online. Yeah. Started we we met on an app called Hinge. Soon into like soon into our, into dating we kind of realized that you know being friends is probably better like and um we didn't continue dating. No, we didn't. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> it just like we vibed but it was yeah, it just wasn't there. I guess like the spark just wasn't I think that's the easiest way this to put it. That is spark the, wasn't there. the spark yeah. wasn't there. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Um, but you know what? We bonded a lot. I feel like you're somebody that I can really open up to about my mental health. Been the whole cultivating of ancient. Like you, you've been there like since the beginning when it was a thought. Um, even helping me decipher between a new name or yeah. a, or the current name because Colin actually thinks that we should call it the. I think we should call it the perfectly flawed podcast. It's, it's hard to say though, isn't it? The perfectly flawed perfectly flawed podcast guys let us know what you think if you think that's a good idea or maybe if anyone has a suggestion for a new name because i'm open to it but um for now it's ancient <laughs> let's go with it <laughs> one of the topics that we've always like talked about personally between ourselves is mental health yes yes like that's one of the places where i think we really really understand each other um i think one thing that drew really drew me to you was mm -hmm. the way kind of fascinated me as well is the way you channel, mm -hmm. you, you channel everything, like things in your mind, your emotions. Mm. You do it through um, really constructive and creative outlets. So mm -hmm. That's what really, um, that's what really resonated with me. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's one reason why I think we really get along. Yeah, even even that conversation when we we're in when the sh in the shed that night, and we were talking about like mental health. And I think both like uh, both of us have a similar anchor in terms of like creativity, and creativity and art is somewhere where we can like really express ourselves. Definitely. Um, within our within our mental health. Well, what's your what's your personal art journey been like? Um, I think you can describe me as the frustrated artist. Definitely, that does fit my how I am at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just. It's always been my passion, like, since I can literally remember back to the age of about six or seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think it might have been my birthday, my dad bought me my first sketchbook. Oh, cool. I, I still remember what the paper was like, it was really thick yeah. paper, like, kind of like watercolour. Like, like, paper. like sketchbook paper. Yeah. Mm. The cover of it was beautiful. I just loved the texture of it. I used to run my hands over it. Yeah. And, uh... I remember one dad. One one thing my dad always used to tell me, um, with anything I I do, is to put your name mm -hmm. and put your age and put the date on you your on your sketchbook. Yeah, because when you look back on it, mm. you're gonna be like, wow, like mm. you know exactly where you were when you did that and how old you were, and yeah, it's just 
like uh, it's a shame i can't find that sketchbook anymore literally we oh. moved house about well my parents moved house about four years ago now mm. and that went out the window so yeah <laughs> i can't i'm actually so sad i can't find that yeah because that was and is that when you first started like um sketching like, like were you were you still doing your doodles and whatever pre your dad buying you the sketchbook yeah yeah i was still doing it bef- before that yeah. um it, yeah to be honest like i filled it with loads of like obviously my childhood obsessions of pokemon yeah um digimon this is also another thing we have in common <laughs> <laughs> dragon ball z that was the main one i used to make up my own characters and everything i used to love it uh, also like with my journey i guess this, it starts from my dad because my dad actually studied graphic design funny enough like yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was growing up in nigeria he um mm-hmm. he studied graphic design mm-hmm. at university level but obviously um back then i guess what, what would that have been like the 80s 70s 80s yeah there were no computers really so um yeah yeah there weren't you couldn't yeah computers weren't personal computers weren't really that accessible yeah i can imagine yeah yeah I can so imagine. um yeah. it was more like fine art kind of but commercial so i think they called it commercial art okay so yeah it was more fine more like fine art i guess so um yeah i guess my dad kind of gave me the art bug uh-huh. like, like you kind of like saw him and then was like yeah i guess naturally i just took on uh, took that on but it's it's never something he's pushed on to me it's always something i wanted i wanted to do mm. and um yeah i guess it's followed me all the way through education school my teenagers how was your gcse art days you know what i really loved that in gcse mm. but um unfortunately it's it's, it's it's a weird thing about it's where like i feel like a lot of them tend to not have got good grades in art yeah i, I find that's a trend like for yeah. example like I did all right in GCC, but like when I got to kind of A level, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where it was. Maybe my teenagers, hormones, whatever. I don't mm. know things getting away. I don't know. Maybe girls. Yeah, my my mind wasn't really on mm. school that much and my studies and stuff. But yeah, my my grades just slipped. And even art, I didn't. In okay. Art, funny enough, I don't. I don't have a full A level, and I think I got like a D. Okay. Yeah. Is that the painting of your grandma that I've seen? Yeah, I actually uh-huh. did that while I was... Um, it's a beautiful painting, by the way. Thank you very much. Literally, that I, that is what got me into university. Because mm. every time I went to like an interview for um, a uni place, they always mentioned that. They always brought it up like, this is... Like, forget everything. Not that my stuff wasn't good, but like this, they always used to say, like, this is a cut above everything else you've done. Like, they... And really? that, yeah, and it really touched me because obviously that's something that's close to my heart. That's my yeah, it's my grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, by trade, I am a graphic designer. Cool. I've worked um, kind of in house uh, mm-hmm. companies, but at the same time, I've worked uh, freelance as well. Yeah. But currently, you know what I'm going to say. Due to COVID, <laughs> COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just finding work was hard. I actually some of the roles I had kind of fell through because mm-hmm. maybe, maybe the companies made that went out of business or work was just really slow. So there wasn't work there for me. So, um, so since about, I want to say March of last year, mm. I've been working in mental health. So, well, working in the mental health, um, mm-hmm. like not as a healthcare worker or anything, yeah, but yeah. like as a, 
actually has a maintenance man, so yeah. it's a lot of like painting and decorating and that as well. So it's I guess so creative, I, I guess. I guess I can channel it some way. But um, <laughs> but funny enough, I've actually um also done a few shifts as a what they call it, an activity coordinator, or but it's actually a an assistant occupational therapist. So you kind oh. of do activities yeah. um with the patients. It's kind of like you're ha- kind of helping them with like daily activities mm. and how they're going to kind of like gain more independence in the future so that must feel good it was it was, it was quite interesting yeah. it's, it's quite it's obviously me i like to do a lot of different things so obviously you would think it's weird like someone that's doing like a maintenance job or like basically painting and decorating mm-hmm. why would they now want to work with people especially um people with um mental health mm-hmm. um issues um and it's it's always been in me i always what liked working with people or wanted to help mm-hmm. people and i thought yeah this would be interesting it might be an interesting opportunity it might open up my mind to different things yeah and, it, and I'm, it? I'm very glad i did because it's it, it's opened my mind to not not that i would say i used to judge people a lot but now i'm i'm less quick to really judge people mm. yeah so I really do look in, look into things now. So, like, especially with uh, mental health, I don't because, like, for example, like we've had we hear we have negative connotations about mental health, certain conditions, mm. whether, whether that's Asperger's, um, yeah, ADHD. We we always look at them as. But then, would you class them as mental health or more developmental? So the, yes, yeah. But I mean, like, as in. Um, Okay, let's, for example, I'm just going to go over this one because this cool. is probably the easiest one for me to talk about is probably be schizophrenia. So like, for example, like when the things we're told about that, like we're told that, oh, people that have it are are dangerous or they're this or they're that. Mm. Or the, and even though like some of the um, patients at the um, hospital are um, like, like ex prisoners, at the same time, some of them are not as well. So mm. then, and they're not, they're not, they're not all dangerous. Like from talking to these people, I realized that they, they're actual real, real people. Mm. They have, they, they have families. They have, they have friends. They have interests. Like sometimes you talk to them, you you forget mm. that these people are one. Well, they've been prisoners or they are prisoners. Yeah. And two, you f- you forget that some people even have any type of um condition in any way. Mm. So it. it really opened my eyes to not prejudging yeah would you say that in the past that you've prejudged definitely I th- but i also think that that is a very human thing to do we just really? we just want to judge or put labels on things or classify things would you say you've ever had any struggles with your own personal mental health yes i would say that but at the time i didn't realize that it was classed as a mental health issue or that other people are really struggling with this. I thought, oh, like it will pass, or it's just something really small. I just mm-hmm. need to get over it. Especially um, the way men are told to like just man up and just get on with uh, stuff. What is what? Um, anxiety. I have. Yeah. I would say I still do kind of struggle with anxiety, mm-hmm. but it was a lot worse during my secondary school days. I. I would say probably around the age of 50, 14, 15 up. Mm-hmm. Um, what was going on during that time? 
I don't know. It, it was just, it was a mix. It was a mixture of things. It was being quite self conscious mm-hmm. of like the way you look because when you get to that age, that's when you start being conscious of how you look. Because then it's like obviously girls get involved and yeah. this and that, and uh, so being conscious of the way you look, um, just trying to find my identity. What who am I? What mm. do I want to do? Um, at the same time, also like family influences as well obviously yeah. we all have our own like personal issues family issues things going on in the family you know they say you can't yeah. pick your family you can't pick your family <laughs> <laughs> but you know. yeah um i guess that that contributed to it a lot mm. but the way i used to deal with things and i guess i still do kind of deal with it in that way is to um keep it bottled up i'd never talk about it mm. um do you think that's i mean obviously it's harder as a as a young man as well like yeah. who do you really t- turn to Yes, especially because, um, yeah, like, like obviously I've got my dad's, my mm. dad's there, someone for me to speak to about, like, yeah. stuff like that. But it's like, there's just certain things you don't want to speak to your parents about. Of course. You don't want yeah, man, to speak you, to them about. What was one of the things you felt like you couldn't open up to with your parents? Um, one thing is that, w- yeah, when I was growing up, I just didn't like the way I looked. Like, mm. I just didn't. What was it about the way you looked? Like, what, what had really... Yeah. I guess when I was little as well. Um, <laughs> oh wait, yeah, go on. I, I, <laughs> when I was little, I, I could say I had quite a big head, <laughs> quite a noticeably um, big head of me. Yeah, so like, I guess maybe as I got older, I grew into it. But mm. obviously, if you've gone through your childhood with people pointing it out, and like, yeah, you, it's gonna stick with you. My kids are cruel, man. Yeah, because kids are cruel, but like <laughs> <laughs> it toughened me up a bit. Um, and I think maybe the second thing as well was, oh, as well as just not feeling, I don't know, just I'm not I'm not saying I'm not attractive. I'm just just not feeling. And um, I've got like 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 small like tiny ears as well. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, it, <laughs> I know about your ear thing. Yeah. I know about the ear thing. And they were like. I guess well they are, but I guess they were a bit like like pointed as well. So I used to get like the um, not a cuss, but kind of like teased. Like people call me like oh like elf or elf. I didn't mm. really bother me that much, but it was just like it sticks with you. These names yeah. stick with you. So yeah. yeah, things about myself it's, it's something unique about me. So mm. I, I've learned to embrace it because mm. I don't know. This is not something a lot of um people know, but I've actually had plastic surgery on the on the ears. Yeah. To get rid of the point? It, yeah, I think that's what it was. But, like, at the time, I was so... It had really got to a, a boiling po- point where I was really just so overwhelmed with how I felt felt about them. Yeah. That I actually did eventually, like, talk to my parents and I kind of, like, begged them. Oh, I can't remember how old was I. How old was I? Um, I want to say I was about 14. I was... 14, 15. I want to yeah. say maybe 14. Okay. And I really like came to them with it and I made them know how much it was bothering me or how much it had impacted I me. I can imagine like how I wasn't happy. At that point, at, and sorry yeah. to like just, you know, at that point, you're like, that's so I'm not nice, man. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Like to be that young and to, yeah. the anxiety must have been mad. Yeah, it was. But um, also, I, I did learn through the whole process because I'm yeah I, I got the operation done but it's like at the same time it's like not much changed about it so yeah I was after, just gonna ask like, yeah after it... after I looked at, uh when obviously I went through the healing process and when I looked at them I was like it's like no difference 
like or almost no difference. Mm. And then I realized, why did I do this? Like, I should have just learned. Well, it's not easier said than done, but just learn to just live with it and just get. Up. Did it help your anxiety at all? No, I still felt the same. <laughs> I still felt exactly the same. Yeah, there was a small change, but like even with that, I just still felt the same. Like this really didn't help anything. Mm. So. I think yeah. sometimes it's just the trauma that comes with being teased. Yeah, I think more. That's more what it was. Yeah, because when you think about it, in the same, we're in the same age group. Yeah, like you'd be in the class, and the next thing you know, everybody is laughing only at you, and you can get singled out really fast in school. Very fast, especially when you're not one of the cool kids, and you're not like you know. Oh, I never was. Uh, uh trust me. It was the awkward. <laughs> oh. I was so awkward. I was just this little, like, I was always hunched over. I was <laughs> just always looked like I was cold. <laughs> I was, yeah. So I know what you mean, man. Fuck. You know what? Middle finger to bullies. You know, this is why bullying is such a serious thing, because it leads to so many other complications in yes, life as an adult. Like, when you're trying to go out in the adult world, like, trying to work and work for your family relations, you know, things like anxiety don't really help. They don't help. <laughs> I think I kind of like went away from the actual my actual struggle with anxiety. Really, what it was was um, mm-hmm. yeah, keeping a lot of stuff bottled up just in general with with, with life. Um, it made it comes to a point like like I said, it comes to a boiling point. Like you, there's only so much you can keep in until it comes out in weird ways, mm. and that's what used to happen. I I didn't used to get angry, but what used to happen was. I used to have really extreme emotions, like, and mm. I think I still do. Like, if I get angry, I get really angry, mm. and if I'm calm, I'm too calm, and if I'm emotional or upset, I'm very upset, and I can't control it, and I don't, un- I didn't, I couldn't understand why I couldn't control it. Like, I'll f- be feeling upset, and I don't, I'm mm. trying to snap myself out, and I can't, and then I realized there was a problem because I, I think it was around the time I started um, doing driving lessons that really brought it out. Okay. Because yeah, I was imagine the first month of lessons, I'm smashing it, mm. doing what I need to do. I, I was even my my instructor was saying, "Oh, you're, you're doing really well, like you're really advanced, whatever." And then suddenly, out of nowhere, I just started doing things very weird and just dangerous. Like mm. I remember we'd be like driving along, and all of a sudden, I've just turned the wheel. Well, I've just like zone out and just turned the wheel, and I'm heading towards the curb or heading to a and it was just really stuff like that. Just a split second, I could just zone out and I didn't understand why I was yeah. doing that. Mm. And like, it came to a point when my instructor, like I'd been stuck in the same point for quite a while and my instructor was saying, look, I think you're going to have to find a way to sort out what's going on with you or I'm, I'm going to have to stop these lessons because I can't take the chance of you having an, a serious accident. Cause yeah. I'd, he was saying that um, I was probably the most um, dangerous kind of student because... Um, there's no warning. Like literally, at any moment, I could just wow. Yeah. So um, he so said it really was consuming like your actions as well as your thoughts. Like yes, it was. Um, and then that's when I actually went to seek serious help. As in, like when I say serious help, as in like I actually did go for like professional help. Yeah. And how was that kind of journey? Um, it was interesting because I the what we're like kind of shown about people going to like therapists or whatever, it seems very um, like you're under a microscope. Like Mm. 
like you're sitting in an office and talking to someone and they're kind of like digging into your deepest, darkest um, parts of you. They're like peering in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but that, my experience was, was different because mm. I spoke to a counsellor over the phone, mm. which was, I think, what I needed. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say at that time it was easy for me just to sit in front of someone mm. and just pour everything out because I've always been taught to keep things to yourself or mm. keep it within the family or stuff like that mm-hmm. and yeah I just spoke to this um, lovely counsellor on the phone I, w- I wish I remembered her name <laughs> but she really did help me she just gave me a few techniques to kind of deal with anxiety and what were the techniques? so the one I can't remember what the other ones are but the one I still use to this day this was like over five years ago five six years ago that I, w- that I went to this counsellor but the one I use, still use today is, um, she called it worry time. Okay, interesting. So she said, yeah, we, we have loads of things on our mind, things we worry about. But she said, but while you're worrying about them, you're not solving the problems. Mm. You're, not, you're not being productive. So what she said was, like, even if it's every day, mm. um, but progressively it's going to become less and less. But she said, every day, take five minutes, write down all your problems, everything that's worrying you. And just worry about it for five minutes. So just dedicate a particular time yeah. to your, yeah. And then she said after that five minutes, um, whether it's a list on your phone or a physical list, mm-hmm. delete it, throw it away, whatever you need to do, and then don't worry about it for the rest of the day. Because if you're worrying about it, you're not solving it. Mm. So. And do you still implement that in your in your life now? I still do it every day. Yeah. Or at least once a week. So I'll have m- my week planned out like... Mm. These are the things I need to get done. These are the things I'm worrying about. And then I'll make it like a checklist. So I'll, I'll check them off. I'll mm-hmm. check them off like for the day. Like I've completed this. Yeah. Done. And then I delete it. And does, does, does that help you in terms of like getting yourself centered with your anxiety? It does because now I don't, I feel like it's not like rearing this ugly head. It's not coming out in weird ways anymore. I'm actually dealing with it in quite a healthy way now. I feel like... I'm actually letting it out now rather than keeping it bottled, bottled up. In. Yeah. So even if it's five minutes a day, let it out. Good, man. Yeah. When I've had, was it last year? Last year I did have a, like a, uh, not, not a breakdown, but I had like a, um, a heart to heart with my, with my dad. Like mm. uh, things would get, trying to kind of getting too much. Mm. Um, obviously partly because of um, lockdown and everything, things were getting too much for me. And, I was just worrying about a lot of things like um, work, like am I going to find work? Oh, I've got bills to pay, finances. Um, even am I going to meet anyone? Oh, my life is stagnating. That's that's the way I felt and it was all hitting me at once. And uh, I just called my dad and I I think this, yeah, I can easily say this is the last time I cried. Like I was on the phone and I just like, just cr- I was just crying on the phone to my dad mm. and I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. I've just, I'm lost. And he just, he, he did what I would, what I would do. I guess that's something I did. I have learned from him. He just reassured me. He just told me everything's going to be fine. Like just sort things, just work on things um, one at a time. Things are going to sort themselves out. Don't worry. Don't, because I seem to worry a lot about things. And um, yeah, that's one thing I can say about that. My dad, he does, um, reassure me about things and uh, vice versa i think like we we've started having conversations since i've become an adult about stuff like that we talk about things that affect us men
Hey guys, so we're going to wrap up this episode of the Ancient Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I just really want to thank Colin for being so, so open about your um, struggles with anxiety and how you've come through and come out on top. Do you have any last like motivational words for everybody going through and if they're going through like a madness in lockdown or maybe lacking in motivation in life or battling with their anxiety right now? Any pointers, tips? Yeah, I think I'll just leave you guys with a little quote. Tough times never last. Only only tough people last. So just just keep pushing. Just keep pushing, guys. Um, and you'll surely get to where you need to be. Amen. <laughs> Como coming with the bars. I know, I'm just dropping that knowledge. <laughs> oh, no, but thank you so much, man. Guys, if you want to follow Colin at on social media, his social media handles are... Um, it is at Colin Omo, Colin O M O, and um, on there, there are links to my other Instagram pages and socials. So, if you're interested, just go there. Remember, guys, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please remember to drop us a, a review. Uh, let us know what you think. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye. Bye.